Welcome to this episode of NLN Podcast Nursing Edge Unscripted, the scholarship track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palazzo. I'm a member of the editorial board for Nursing Education Perspectives. Nursing Edge Unscripted in our track entitled Scholarship Celebrates the published work of select nurse educators from the NLN's official journal, Nursing Education Perspectives, and the NLN Nursing Edge blog. The conversations embrace the author's unique perspectives on teaching learning innovations and the implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode is on the issue of workplace incivility. In part one, we will discuss the author's article, How Nursing Faculty Experience the Effects of Workplace Incivility and Workplace Incivility and Its Effects on Physical and Psychological Health of Nursing Faculty is the other conversation we'll have, the other issue. The discussion will focus on the unique perspectives of the authors who published both manuscripts in the September-October 2021 issue of Nursing Education Perspectives, Volume 42, Issue 5. Our speakers today are Dr. Jamie Trosino Sherid and Dr. Lynn Porter-Luwala, both from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. I'd like to welcome them and thank them for their time. I'm excited to talk about this issue of workplace sensibility and especially with their work moving some of these issues into the academic setting. There is quite a bit of literature out there about workplace incivility and violence in the hospital setting and other areas that nurses typically work on, but there is not a lot of work out there looking at the academic setting, faculty to faculty, faculty to administrator, and I also would say administrator to administrator. So I'm gonna ask a few questions as we proceed through the podcast and our, our authors here, our participants are going to answer those questions and some of this conversation might take a different turn and uh, <laughs> we're hoping that you'll experience some ideas about not only workplace and civility in academia, but what can we do as faculty, instructors, lecturers, et cetera, in the workplace? So for our first question, I'm gonna ask if you can please describe your data and the implications, the characteristics of your sample had on your interpretation of the data, specifically the absence of racial, ethnic, and gender diversity in the sample. Sure, so thank you so much for having us here. We're definitely excited to chat with you about this. Um, so I think this is a great first question. Our sample, in case anyone's just tuning in, was comprised of pre-licensure and graduate level faculty from a Southeastern US state. And we were looking at the relationship between their experiences with workplace incivility and their health. Um, but as you noted, there, there isn't a lot of diversity in that sample. And when we first kind of started thinking about that and seeing it, it was glaring when we got our um, responses back. But 
my first thought was, you know, this is a geographical issue, right? So we have chose, we've got this sample from a southeastern state. It's just not going to be diverse and, you know, reflect the nation. But interestingly, when we looked at um, a most recent uh, assessment of nursing faculty diversity, the most recent one we could find was from the AACN in 2016, where they sampled about 19,000 faculty across the nation. And based on race, about 84% of uh, faculty identified as non-minority. So just to, you know, generalize that to assume they're identifying as white or, you know, similar. And then 16% identified as minority. And in our sample, we had about 87% identify as white. Um, so interestingly, I thought, oh, wow, we're actually somewhat kind of close, maybe a little bit less diverse. And then quite similarly with gender too. So, Nationally, we're about 6% male with nursing faculty, and our sample is about 5%. So without a doubt, it's not a diverse sample. I mean, oh. for sure, it's not a diverse sample. Right. However, it is fairly reflective of the population that you know we're talking about across the nation. Um, so I feel like this discussion leads us into a couple other questions. So why is the nursing faculty workforce not diverse? Like why is it so profoundly people who identify as white and identify as female? Um, and then further more explicit or more specifically toward incivility, we are not capturing the experiences of that minority group, right? Because we are saying incivility exists for 87% of white women, right? And then we have no idea what the experiences really are for racial minorities, gender minorities, sexual identity minorities, whatever it is, even age. Um, and I think those are where we need to move next, right? So I, we've got a pretty good idea that this is a problem and where are we going to go from there really looking at these groups that might be struggling? Thank you. That's great. And that really explains a lot for the audience. And really, you know, when you look at nursing faculty compared to nursing in general, it's pretty similar, but of course there's a little mm -hmm. bit more diversity in the nursing workforce than there yes. is faculty workforce, which in of itself is a problem, right? We don't have mm -hmm. faculty that, that look like their students or students can identify with for the most part. And yeah. so that leads to a good question. How, and this is something we've been struggling with for many, many decades. How do we diversify the workforce in nursing, both from a, a minority status and a gender status, right? Right. And so it, it's, what, what's um, interesting what you said and, and is that your sample actually does reflect pretty much the mm -hmm. um, that's currently yeah. in our academic settings now. And so mm -hmm. that sounds so shocking, those numbers, but they're the reality of the numbers. So yeah. not only not only with this workplace instability um, issue that we're talking about, but us thinking also about, you know, this diversifying the workforce. Right, right. And, you know, like you said, I, with the workforce is fed through the practice workforce. So in so many ways, we need to keep working in that area and then bringing people in for sure. So and, and we need to make the academic workplace an attractive workplace right. for practicing mm -hmm. nurses to come into. 
right? Oh, that is true. And we're going to get to those questions very shortly here. <laughs> the, the next thing, because that's, the, that's the, the, I think, the kind of heart of what we want to discuss is like, mm-hmm. how do we do this? Uh, sure. I would really like you to talk a little bit about your framework you use, nursing mm-hmm. and I thought that was a very interesting framework and Mm -hmm. I would like to know a little bit more about why you chose that framework and how that framework uh, can be used in this particular question that you're asking. Absolutely. So this was a middle range theory from Dr. Marion Conti O'Hare. And the major assumption of it is that nurses experience trauma in their lives, whether it's personal or professional trauma. She even suggests that nurses are attracted to the uh, profession because of the trauma that they experience in their lives. So um, the idea is that there, there are three different phases. People are either in the walking wounded phase, the transformation phase, or the transcendence phase. So The way we landed on this theory was because we were interested in looking at um, the very first proposition of the theory that suggested a trauma leads to physical and psychological distress. So we decided to put workplace incivility as a professional trauma that nursing faculty may be experiencing and see if there was, you know, some statistical evidence that supported that proposition that led to physical and psychological health issues. Um, So then when we were planning out our study and we started thinking about gathering more qualitative data, it was like, wow, actually, no, this whole theory can really guide how we are going to look at this qualitative data when we added a couple open-ended questions at the end of this quantitative survey and how our nurse, how our nursing faculty, sure, we can say that they experience physical and psychological distress, but then what are they doing to move through that pain and move through that trauma? So this particular theory wound up being really, really helpful to us because it's so specific on an individual experience, right? So incivility is, it's an individual experience, it's an organizational experience, it's a cultural experience. And really the study was looking at the individual. How are nursing faculty specifically experiencing this and how's it affecting them? Which made this study, which made this theory fit um, this study really, really well. If you were looking at workplace incivility from an organizational or cultural perspective, this theory wouldn't, it wouldn't work well for you, right? You know, I mean, this is very specific. If you are interested in the personal experiences people are having in any discipline, really, you know, this, this could be a reasonable theory to guide that. Thank you. Sure. Describe the data, the, the characteristics of the data, the population, the sample of the population you're looking at, a little bit about the framework. I'd like a little bit now to spend some time talking about the insights as why is incivility endemic to nursing academia? Now, we know it's endemic to practice, so it kind of seems to make sense that it would also kind of be a breeding ground in academia. Mm-hmm. Maybe that is that, the, is that one of the root causes that leads to the practice, or how do they inform each other? So... I guess to start with like, what are the historical roots and context of this problem? Mm-hmm. Sure, I can start with this, Dr. Llewellyn, if that's cool. So um, I'm willing to argue that incivility 
while it is a major problem in nursing practice and nursing education, it, it's a major cultural issue that is endemic across our nation, basically. And it unfortunately turns out that even though nursing values caring and is identified as the most trusting profession, we are still not immune to cultural and widespread incivility. So I, I like thinking about it that way because I think that gives us a little bit of, um, it opens our minds a little bit to the idea that lots of different disciplines and organizations are experiencing very similar things. And we need to look to each other and not just within ourselves that, oh, this is our problem in civility and nursing education. Not to say that it's not a major problem for us, but a lot of people are experiencing this. I do think, yes. Do you think the public perception um, and kind of the ongoing messaging about like nurses leave their young and is maybe because nursing is seen as or expected to be a caring profession and this is kind of like a dichotomy to that where you don't maybe expect that in some of these other professions so it's not heard or seen as much? I think that is a fantastic point. It is so counter to what we expect and, you know, or I, I say we as in the general population, what we expect from nurses and what we see when we're cared for by nurses. We say, but they, they took such good care of us. They're so kind. They're so helpful. How could this even be a problem? You would think they would be, you know, getting along with each other so easily. And so I think, I think that's a great point. The the perception of nursing is um, a caring one. And that's great, you know, but then it's, it's confusing for when you're in, when you're in it experiencing the incivility. Right. Anything you want to add Dr. Llewellyn to the endemic? Oh. Right, right. Um, it, it is endemic. And you mentioned um, Dr. Palazzo nurses eating their young. One of our, I think the most telling quote of the whole study was when one, one nurse, you know, brought up that, you know, they say mm -hmm. that nurses eat their young. Well, they also eat their season too. And when will we ever be full? Oh my gosh. And that, that was just profound to us. You know, yes. when will we ever be full and not have to, not have to do this anymore? Right. Right. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that, that's a very powerful statement. Mm -hmm. Llewellyn, over the years, have you, what have you seen in, in nursing and civility? Have you seen a change or, or have you just seen more awareness? The problem is the same, but we're more aware of it. Or has there been an increase in incivility? What would be your perceptions? Well, like, like um, Dr. Sherrod just said, I think the incivility level in our country has increased over the past few years. And, you know, any workplace, nursing, academia being one, is just a microcosm of the society that we're in. So I think we have seen an increase, but I think we've also seen an increase in awareness. Mm -hmm. I think earlier we might've said, well, you know, that might be a problem for some schools, but it's not my school and it's not me. And, you know, mm -hmm. I've heard of it, but it's not really a problem for me. But I think with the attention that the concept has been getting, particularly, I think, of Cindy Clark's work, Dr. Cindy Clark, with students in incivility primarily. Um, it's real. It's everywhere. Let's talk mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. Because I think if we deny it, then the problem festers 
as as our article showed, you know, it's kind of under the radar and administrators mm -hmm. aren't aren't dealing with it because we're we either don't know it or we're denying it. Yes. Um, you know, there's some work that's done with students and, and early intervention, early teaching about nursing instability in actually nursing schools. Mm -hmm. And does that help prepare our nursing students for the workforce? And, and it's kind of, in one way, it's very unfortunate because we have to talk about this in nursing school right. when you've got these very, usually typically young, idealistic uh, people coming to a caring profession. Mm -hmm. Right. Who this is not even on their mind, mm -mm. and then we're introducing them to a whole other layer of complications that they do see when they manifest itself when they go into the clinical sites. Um, but preparing them early for this kind of um, phenomena of you know instability, I, I've I've heard from students who've been through some of this that it, from some of this training that that training has been very helpful for them to feel less of a, about them and it's about somebody else mm -hmm. and then some tools to kind of deal with it. So, you know, I, you know, I certainly, I've seen this in my 20 years of nursing at, at different levels and, and, and between faculty and academia for sure and administrators and administrator to administrator. Um, it doesn't seem to be anyone immune to this type of um, behavior. Right. So that leads to the question, you know, we know it's a problem. I mean, it's been around mm -hmm. a while. It's not so much that we don't understand that this exists, and most nurses have experienced it to some extent uh, at varying degrees. How do we change this culture in a meaningful and actionable way? And, and, and can we? Like, what, what can we do? I, I think we can, but I think it has to go, it has to start in your own school. I mean, I think you know, the NLN put out some guidelines about incivility and, you know, some statements about it. And that's great. I think right. the, the national organizations definitely need to say, this isn't a good thing. We need to fix it. But I think it really needs to start at the local level. Mm -hmm. And I think one way it can be done is again, to, to uh, cite Dr. Cindy Clark, when she writes about students and faculty, she said, in your classroom, you need to have some shared norms. You know, you need to say, okay, this is how we're going to be in this classroom and everybody buys into it. And then when deviations happen and they will, because we're humans, you know, everybody's a human being and, and things go wrong. But when those deviations happen, then you have something to say, hmm, this isn't quite how, what we agreed on. So are we going to change what we agreed on? Or, or, you know, is, is this not going to be acceptable behavior? And I think if you have something to, to lean on that way that everybody has bought into at first, it's just easier than to, than to maybe have a faculty member perceive, well, you're picking on me because you don't like the way I am. But it's like, no, it's the behavior. It's not the person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's, that's the behavior. right, mm -hmm. right, right. Um, one example that I'll share from, from my school is that faculty and staff, everybody came together and said, we need to decide how we're going to be with each other. So we had a two-day retreat oh. and we came up with a set of operating principles and we used the um, acronym GRIT. You know, so G is good intentions. You've got to assume good intentions. Mm -hmm. um, R is respect. You have to respect each other. I is inspire. Remember why we're here. You know, let, let's inspire each other. And then T is teamwork. And part of that, and we repeat that at every meeting. Oh, nice. Before, and, you know, some people get tired of it. They're like, 
I know what it means. I know what it means. But I think every time you come together, you have to remember, okay, this is how we are. This is how we're going to be today. Mm -hmm. Because like I said, we're humans and we have a bad day. Yeah, you're setting the culture, you're setting the expectation, Mm -hmm. and you're forcing people, even though they have to repeat it frequently, by doing that, you're forcing them to agree to what they agreed to previously. So grit is really an actionable um, intervention that could be used to, Mm -hmm. you know, really set the stage in the culture for those in in any kind of meeting. I like that idea, and I probably will, will, um, I don't want to say steal that idea from you, but I will. um, You may borrow it freely. Borrow it freely. freely. great idea mm-hmm. um i will so- add to this too that you know the word incivility itself um like if you look back at its original definition is not behaving like a citizen and so to really fully back up this idea of grit and coming together bringing people together to decide well what is being a citizen in mm-hmm. our environment is what is key and that may not be the same way that other disciplines and other departments or universities consider being a citizen. So uh, that really intense focus on the local level, I think is, is pretty important. So. Well, what it sounds like you did there is have the faculty decide what the norm. Mm -hmm. Right. So then you have buy-in because the faculty came up with it. It wasn't from top down. These are going to be our norms. Exactly. Try and sell those norms to your, your community. Mm -hmm. Decided. So you can also Great. hold people accountable because you agreed to this. You just, you helped decide this. So mm-hmm. we're practicing what we said we were going to do. Uh, for our listeners, if you have not had the opportunity to read about their work, you will find the manuscript published again in Nursing Education Perspectives. Both articles were published in the September and October 2021 issue of Nursing Education Perspectives, Volume 42. And I want to thank you and thank all of our listeners for joining us. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.